This is a marking out with High Five Tom production, the High Five Tom Showcase podcast, proudly brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Oh shit, I guess we're starting, so I can edit that out if I want to, but what up High Fivers? Uh, this is your boy High Five Tom, and I'm doing something a little different here. I've got my very good friend here, uh, known by many names, but I and my phone is listed as Bald Skull, but you've heard him on previous episodes of this, but my good friend Ed, Ed, how are you? Good. Good, it's good to be good. I've known Ed longer than just about anybody besides Andy, uh, who you've heard reviews on this show. Yeah, I think that's really about it. So, yeah, I mean, we chose in 87. You and XC were harassing me. That was like a third grade, dude. Some third, eighth grade. I'm talking like fourth grade. I'm talking like elementary school still. Mm-hmm. Well, it's more than I can <laughs> <laughs> uh, But we are doing something a little different here. Uh, you know, this is the showcase show. It's uh, been mostly movies, a couple wrestling shows. But we are actually going to review a fucking CD. I know I've been talking. I'm going to do reviews of CDs. Um, you know, I've got a couple in the, the hopper here, but uh, this is a really, really random one, kind of, uh, but kind of serendipitous. Uh, we are going to review Roxy Blues 1992 album, Want Some. Um, if you're wondering what the fuck is that, well, you're about to find out. I tried doing a little bit of research, but there's not a lot of research on this ahead. Not much. Um, and we were talking about it randomly one day. Uh, mainly because for the simple fact, like, um, our buddy Art, we always talk about this album by Uncle Slam, and I thought the CD was actually called Uncle Slam by Roxy Blue, because it's a picture of fucking whatever, um, and we were just talking about it, and then you said it popped up on Eddie Trunk Show? Eddie Trunk Show, I heard it on, on Sirius, and it was claimed to be one of the top ten hard rock albums that did not make it due to the grunge era. Yeah, so this came out, uh, I believe it was May of 1992, I will confirm that a little bit later. Uh, but if any music historians know, that was literally just before, uh, you know, the grunge, yeah, before Nirvana happened. And how I got this, um, I, was, I was a 15-year-old kid, and this album was pimped out fucking hard. Yes. Um, I think I got this free from Columbia House, or like, I, I like picked, because this is Columbia's house. Say. We were 93 PLFM, mainstream metal shop, pushing it. Really? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because I had like... Um, you know, like how the circus, like circus and hip Prater had like the advertisements. I know I had this one up in my room for a while, and I hadn't even listened to this album. Um, I was shocked. I was trying to find this. Ironically enough, the original tape I couldn't find it, so I bought it on CD. And then, literally two days before we record, I found my original tape. Um, I thought I hadn't opened it, but I have opened it. I have listened to this. Uh, but Ed and I are literally going to open the CD I just bought off of Discogs uh, a couple weeks ago. I don't, we got an F round here somewhere, right? I do. Um, but yeah, so this is 1992. I know one of the members on this album, because uh, these guys are from Memphis, uh, big into the uh, Memphis music scene. Uh, but one of these guys was actually um, went into the band Saliva. And actually, listen to a podcast with Jamie Josta, one of the guys from Saliva that referenced this band. And then you heard that. So Ed and I were like, fuck it. Um, I wanted to have one to have Ed on here for a while, so um, high fivers. You holy shit! This person did a great job. And I was so curious, hair band fetish. So. <laughs> um, Ed does love his hair metal a little bit more than I do, uh, but it's definitely something you know. After knowing each other for thirty five years, that we still bond over. Um, 
so yeah, this is Roxy Blue. Uh, want some? Yeah, copies is on fucking Amazon. We're going for like 40, 50 bucks. Yeah, I think it's a paper for Yeah, um, I got this here from Discog. So, uh, shout out to Lynn Steele. Oh, uh, for Long Gone Media. I bought this from Discog, so I will get you a good review. Um, but yeah, do you want to pop this fucker in? Absolutely. So yeah. Um, high fivers, you are literally getting a fresh look. Um or yeah, fresh listen. It's the first time we actually listen to this, so. So first track too hot to handle, 1992. I think it came out on Geffen. Yeah, so if, uh, for some of the, the younger high-fivers that may not remember, um, you know, this is early 90s. The the hair metal was starting to... Oh, there's no lyrics in here. You call it hair metal, I call it rock and roll. Fair enough. Just say it. Um, you know, I growing up as a kid, I definitely, you know, I identified... Uh, Motley Crue was really my first favorite band before I found Suicidal Tendencies. Um, yeah, so there's no lyrics in here. All right, so we're just kind of... Yeah, yeah go ahead. Yeah. So we're just going to hit play. And our first song ad is Too Hot to Handle. Yeah. Um, all right. So doesn't look like it's actually picking up in the background, so that's good. Okay. Not bad. Yeah. Yeah, but it sounds like Memphis was about really it was like really the next area to break out uh, for rock and roll as well. So, I'm giving a surprise nod to Thomas. Yeah, <laughs> this is not a visual podcast. So, and honestly, reading the reviews on Amazon. We're pretty positive, but it's not like this is a cult classic that people found years later. No. Um, but you said they, they just reunited? Yeah. Don't know exactly when it was reunited, but I know they are doing shows in the Nashville area. And possibly a little bit from there. So one album or two that they released? Oh, I want to say the number three or four. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. A long gap in between albums. Like a long, long, like 25 years. Yeah, because it sounds like they disbanded in '94, and I think one of these. So one of these guys was replaced by the guy from Other, Every Mother's Nightmare. Which is a great band. Yeah. Okay, I think it's picking up just good, good enough. So, uh, but yeah, one of these guys turned out. I mean, saliva, not necessarily my cup of tea, you know, but a huge fucking band. Agreed. Um, and shout out to Jamie Johnson on his podcast. I'm one of the guys from Saliva. Real cool dude, you know, so maybe it's because I don't like the music, man, you know. But yeah, people say that the, definitely there's a lot of David Lee Roth worship in here, but dude, I mean, everyone, every lead singer from this era is worshiping at the halter of David Lee Roth. I mean, come on. He's going to start, right? Yeah, that's no, okay. Yeah. I'm getting a lot of skid roll, seeing the grind, and a lot of fashion music. Yeah. They're good fashion music. Yeah, for surrealists. 
how many elves elves fuckers put out now? Yeah. And as we're recording this, Ed and I are a little lubed up here from uh, what are we drinking, Ed? Thank you, such a lager, so uh, be a better seller. Yeah, this is not bad. I didn't listen to this. Easy. I mean, definitely more your style, but not. Yeah, it's cool that this style is really starting to come back. I mean, everything that's new is old. Thanks, Led. But of course, you know, a lot of people, I mean, the negative reviews were, it's a little fur of my leg. You know, you've got your ballad on here. You've got your cover song. Yeah, like it's hard. Thanks, sir. Um, I mean, you couldn't be a rock band today without a power ballad. Yeah. I think a lot of the better things. Yeah, so was it the guitar player went on to? But uh, show it to my normal co-host on Ring of Honor Revelry, but uh, got me into a big trickster kick lately. So those fuckers have put out a bunch of albums recently too. Yeah. I was like, well, my first con my first concert ever. I I'm pretty sure you know this. Was, yeah, Warren Trickster Firehouse. Did not know that. Yeah, uh, actually, you probably told me that. I just don't know. Yeah, hopefully, <laughs> these guys are. Yeah, I mean, part is plastic. Air, air off. Yeah, yeah, and I will have to dig into some more research. I will do put that in the postscript, but I don't know how many albums this sold. Um, there was not much out on the internet, uh, but then again, I suck at interneting, so I'm lucky I can fucking you know tweet the stuff I do. So, Yeah, I'm definitely getting Washington County, you know, share or uh, Washington County Fair vibes. Oh, 100%. maybe this podcast will be the catalyst to get them back together. So, I know they're on social media. Band will be formed in 2019, but so from 92 to 2019, they did not do anything. Yeah, actually, didn't they break up in but still, I mean, we'll see. Even Wikipedia is at the score of Oh, and Wikipedia. Uh, so, Want Some came out in 92. Want Some More came in 2013. Strip came out in 2013. And then, an album called Roxy Dean came out in 2019. Oh, Live Album in 2013. Nice. But they're touring, huh? Probably is playing in, in Memphis. Researching. Yeah, I mean, fucking throwing this live and me, you know, money to work, so why wouldn't you? You are correct on the band reformation of every mother saber guitarist, Jeff. Full run? Okay. All the day. Full run, say correct? 
Okay, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> no shit, huh? From other research I see that they are still at minimum touring in the uh, national area. But they are scanning it up. Again, information is limited on this. Well, I will follow them on the social media. Be, I'd drive down to Nashville to see Roxy Blue. That'd be fun. So, who's the guy? So, we've got Sid Boogie Fletcher on electric and background vocals. We've got Todd Poole leading background vocals. Scotty T, drummer. And Josh Wheel, the bass guitar. So, and Sid, you said, was the dentist, right? Sid is correct. And Jeff Coleron, my Was the guy who came in from Edward Miller's Nightmare? Correct. And their big hit was, uh, do you remember off the top of your head? I've got it. I've got it on my tape. Um, oh, I've got a legendary tape I taped off the radio. It's like Every Mother's Nightmare. Um, Thunder. You remember Thunder and Dirty Love? Uh, Contraband. All the way to their cover all the way to Memphis. That's a fucking jam right there. Let me get to Every Mother's Nightmare. I think it was Dirty Love. No, that was Thunder. Yeah, I can definitely. I'm definitely catching the the Tammy Dawn's Faster Pussycat. Well, wow, I know more about rock and roll than I thought I did. Wolfgang Nicky Wine was every other singer. Yep. Okay, I remember that. Yeah. And which guy in there? Which guy is in Saliva or wasn't Saliva? Show it to Ed for having all shit. My, my phone's in the car. We're in Ed's garage right now. See, so yeah, high fivers. If you were not born or lived in the 90s or 80s and missed the rock ballad era, this is definitely. Oh, yeah. Before that, we heard Sister, Sister. That's definitely a county fair jam, but now they're song Times Are Changing. Yes, this is your ballad? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, a little formulaic, but I mean, that's pretty cool. Hey, Trump had him that high. Oh, okay. I'll put that in post. Yeah, because they had another cup for so they had another album, so it was like, would want some more? Time pool. Okay. Oh, okay. And I don't think he's the one that was on Johnson's podcast, but it was real. I mean, the guy was cool. He's into all that trippy shit, so I love trippy shit, so. Yeah. Okay, yeah, sometimes he has a lead, he has lead singer. Who's, yeah. Lead singer? Yeah. Lead singer slash acoustic guitar, so. Lead singer and Sliva. I don't know if he's maybe he's not the least singer of Saliva. I don't know. 
It's fucking crazy. Was he a lead singer? Rums and barricade vocals to start duel. Oh, no shit, huh? Yeah. Okay. From 96 to 99. Oh. So, like, it's like a big. There's that. Like, I guess, I mean, obviously, yeah. I thought they broke in, like, the mid-2000s, but... Slime about a bottle in Tennessee. Okay, yeah. So he's not even in Slime anymore? No. Oh, shit. Well, hopefully this podcast gets Roxy Blue back out there, so... Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've literally stared at this tape for... Well, it's been in storage for 15 years, but... See, so yeah, I guess the producer Mike Links is like it was the big rock producer back then. I know. I hate putting a generalization on music as a speeding up a hair band. It's rock and roll. Yeah, I feel like rock and roll. Listen to it. Yeah, it's a little heavier than your normal rock ballad. <laughs> So far, I would definitely listen to this band again. Yeah. Well, ripping. So we are on to track four here, and this is it's so easy. So far, confused with cuts in my ass. It's gonna say a little different than uh, the version I'm used to. Where's the tape? So yeah, folks, I am literally li looking at the tape. Yeah, in typical 90s fashion, I mean, picture the band at a strip club giving strippers money, I mean. So you do the strippers. Yeah. For my information, he was on there for self. Oh, uh, that was it, huh? The single was the trailer for Okay. Which was used for the. Which was put out in the cellar. Yeah. Yeah, to know people in Memphis, I guess, reference Roxy Blue. So. Yeah, just to be one of those bands where it's just circumstance. Yeah, I mean, how many stories have we heard, you know, bands, you know, they walk in and there's a picture of Warren Cherry Pie in the record and they come back a month later and it's Allison Chain's Dirt, you know. And that was obviously right in our wheelhouse because, I mean, we're 15. That's right when our... It's the music I hated growing up, but I've always heard it and I appreciate it a lot more. That was all about the time. 
And I was a girl. I mean, I was definitely kind of fell. I mean, I was, I got into metal a little bit later. You guys, listen, you and our, and those guys kind of had a, a harder influence than I did growing up. Because um, I was, I mean, I was living in Delphi all the time. So yeah, it's heavy, heavy, heavy enough. Yeah. But this is the stuff that I heard in the radio. Right. And that I did not like. Yeah. But not, I totally appreciate how. Yeah. And for obviously high five, you know, younger high fivers um, out there, obviously, you know, back then we had to find music on the radio. Internet was not a thing. No. Wow. But we're, I mean, Milwaukee's always been obviously a bastard. We're Milwaukee Metal Fest. I'll show it to Jim Jost again. That just came back, but I mean, it's yeah. always been a bastion of metal. And if the planet's lying correctly, you get the soul pressure in radio. It's a JJO? 10.40 a.m. Oh, wow. Jesus fucking Christ. Lasers. AM station? At that time, all they played was the hard pills. That's right, yeah. All smoke function shows, all metal music. But I could only pull that in maybe once a month. Like I said, the planets had a lot of graphics. Yeah, 93 QFM. Well, it's funny. Uh, well, I saw that age at 9 o'clock. Uh, well, the gas station while it's also in anyone that knows me, I like to befriend like everyone. So, uh, shout out to our friends over at Bulleen, um, Dick and Patrick, our, our gas station. But, uh, <laughs> went in there and uh, this kid, the guy Patrick, that pumps our gas all the time. Um, ironically enough, it's uh, Courtney's dad's ex wife's nephew. So, uh, but we walk in, walk out there, and there's this you found a guy with a QFM sticker, like an like an original, and it looked and it looked fucking great. And I don't know, old car too. Um, so yeah, ninety three QFM and you know laser, which is I mean even though it's been the hog for what twenty five years now or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you remember when they switched over? I vaguely remember WLVX. Oh, nice. But if you're not a from the lobby area. Rob the Cradle, track number five. So this is their one MTV hit, I guess. Okay. So this you would possibly see on the Hitbanger's Ball. Yeah. A little guitar solo raft. Definitely a little Eddie Van Halen in there. Not quite Eddie level, but I mean Eddie sounding. Yeah. That motherfucker changed the game. Oh, 100%. That was in the late 70s. Yeah. Okay, switching up. Got the old rock shuffle going. Yeah. Like a sand smoogie. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it as a 92 as a fucking made up banger. I got a pure old. Real quick. Ah. I can definitely see you put my uh put this on my iPod. I like this one. Yeah, this is 
This would be a good let's say the motorcycle helmet song. Yeah. It's going to piss everybody. Like I said, the beer starting to flow through us a little bit. So yeah, this is definitely a jam. I like this song. Yeah, in Postscript, I'm definitely going to have to use some more research. I couldn't find out. Plus, I was trying to find out charting and stuff like that. So, we're going to need to find out. This is Gillette. Yeah, well, if it's Joe's, big Joe's history, I didn't know what's on this one. Yeah. Do you listen to a lot of Joe's Satriani? I've listened to a lot of Satriani. I know, he, I mean, obviously, I know he trained Kurt yeah. Hammond. But Steve Vai. Steve Vai's not bad. Steve Vai's okay. Um, what is story about Steve Vai? So remember when Stevie Ray Vaughn died? Yes. I thought it was Steve I. You know, I was 13, 14, so I was just getting to know Steve I. Like, no! That was the silly song. My brother's like, no, you fucker. It's He's going back to the thing. You know, if that metal shop is, that's where I found all this Stevie Ray Vaughn died. Where, oh, shit. You know, I was listening to him on our on Sunday nights. That's where I heard it. He died leaving Alpine Alley. Oh, wow. That's cool. Well, that's not cool, but I mean. Well. The metal shop. Yeah. Do you remember the? Because there's some still a metal shop there. Actually, that exclusive closed over in Greenfield, where the metal shop used to be. Well, it used to be a paint street. Yeah, and then it went to exclusive company. Oh, yeah, but they still have the metal shop in there. The metal shop used to be. Oh, God. Seventy. So it's on 74th from Greenfield. Yes. Okay, so it's roughly the same spot. So. Yeah, start there. Yeah, that's what he was saying a while back. Second day, the guy that operated it was he was, he was a true metal fan. Yeah, and he ran the store. He totally believed the guy that was talking. Yeah, because I can't believe that a corporate guy would be able to take the shit in that guy for the nerd. Yeah, it's a little. Going there, black metal was free. I traveled. So, this is definitely the who. Yes, the squeeze box. Oh, yeah. Oh. So, in classic 90s fashion, you got your 70 rock and roll legend cover bit song. So, 
Yeah, I bet they're probably trying. This is gonna be our big breakout hit. Yeah, I think actually I don't know. Because obviously I know the exclusive in West Bend closed, but yeah. so it's obviously still a CD store. Yes. Yeah, because that one was still exclusive till like a year ago, and it just changed to a new name. Yes. But I think they still they had a metal shop in there before. Super small. Yeah. They had a metal section, but it wasn't the mainstream metal shop. Okay, so the mainstream metal shop was all metal. Metal shop was okay. A specific name. So mainstream used to be a an area big record company that CDs and tapes for it. Yeah. But they had their own metal shop section, which was metal. And that lived up until like at least in the 2000 title. Like okay. Black metal was big. Yeah. They were like the place that if you wanted to purchase from a record company or a record store, that was the place to go for it. Yeah. Anything by the one time. Now I just go to Rushmore Records and Baby. So show up to Dan, need to get, out, get you on here one of these days. So this is. I mean, I guess this cover's okay. Not my favorite Who song either. This definitely reminds me of the Alibi. If anyone wants to know who the Alibi is, just DM me, and I will. We've got Alibi stories. We should have Steve on here. Steve from the or from Stinger. Yeah. I would say Steve. Accurate, covered. Yeah, not too many. Are you? Are, do you like the who though? No. Okay. Well, let's say this is the. Not too many liberties are taken on the cover of this. Oh, no. yeah. Souls, yes. Song no. Not my favorite. Not, not like a typo cover. Yeah. God, besides Machine Head, did anyone do covers better than Typo Negative? Well, I mean... Metallica. Metallica was the only other band I could think of. That was better or on the same level? Or Johnny Cash. Wow. Johnny Cash did a cover with the Johnny Cash song. I would put that up there with Metallica. If Metallica did a cover, he'd get out I fought this kid tooth and fuck. It almost came to blows. He thought Hurt by Johnny Cash was... He thought Nice Nails covered Johnny, like to your saying. He thought, I was like, dude, I'm like, what are you... I saw a fucking Nice Nails play a song in 1994. Yeah. The song, he was like, that's a good point, Ed, so... But goddamn, too, typo, I, I don't know. Personally, for my money, um, it's really typo. I mean, like you said, with Metallica, because of Metallica song, but I guess it's because it's fucking Metallica. And that's a podcast, uh, I am some Metallica covers you probably have heard. Oh, really? It's Ryan James Veal cover. Really? Yes. We'll talk off air where you got that from, Jess. Mutual friend? Mutual friend that got that from that? Or? No. But dude, fucking, I mean. Rising. rising. Really? Not to get off topic too much, but. If you are familiar with Ronnie, he was also in Rainbow. With Richie Blackmore, who was in. Yeah. Ronnie Rising Medley. No shit, huh? I've never heard this. 
If you are familiar with writing people, Man on the Silver Mountain, Ralph Helper, Doug Aldrich, Linia Peace, Jeff Pilsen, and Scott Warner. You're probably wondering why I mentioned that song in particular. Because Jeff Pilsen is my cousin. What? Jeff Pilsen is my, my brother's wife. Her cousin is Jeff, is Jeff Pilsen. That's a, that's a shoot. Yeah. My brother's wife. My brother's met Jason Bonham. So the band Bonham obviously had one major hit. Tyler Chad was a season of something, right? Huh? What was that song? Uh, really good. Sorry, okay, we're, we're, we'll get on track for a couple of off topic, but. Uh, Talk of the Town is the next track that Ed and I are currently listening to, but. Yeah, no, Jeff Pilsen is my, like, shoot, like, step cousin. Or no cousin in law. Yeah, that's a that's a shoe day. Jeff. Jeff Pilsen, yeah. Jason. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh yeah, because that song came out about this time. It was a big hit on Headbanger's Ball. Um I was just like season the change or something. Well, the fun was still popular. The day was still popular. Right, yeah. So, I'll give you the high fivers here, a little context. So, what you do back in the day is bands would pay for, well, record labels would pay for like a full page advertisement um, in magazines like Circus, Hip Parader, Rip. Um, and your boy here, I Five Tom, and I'm sure Ed probably just a little bit too, was I cut those pages out and I put. put I mean, my whole fucking room was just like the up. I remember the top, like above my closet, like all the way around. Oh, he was mostly middle names. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Like as a kid, I was more into the well, we'll say rock and roll, Fred. Yeah, and you were more into the heavier stuff. And now we we've kind of flip flopped a little bit. I'm appreciating a lot of the older hair music and listening to it this because it wasn't heavy enough. Yeah. I mean, it's no sleaze bees, but. I think that was really the song that really kind of. Oh, is it really? Oh, no shit. <laughs> 30 years, I thought that was the other. <laughs> yeah, I think that was. I mean, that song was like. When I mentioned that to Eddie, he's like, wait, you know that song? I'm like, yeah, dude. So, I'm the lucky record station DKO on the Madison. They had like it was I don't remember the name of it, but they at Newland they would say that quite often. It was like their hair, yeah, hair metal segment. Ah, uh, this song's I don't know. It's Matt Hatter. Is that maybe the name of the CD from Bottom? I never told you that. Yeah, Jeff Pilsen's my cousin-in-law. You didn't tell me that. I kind of just kind of decided. Yeah, that's. Yeah, it's not like cousin third time removed either. So I was like, wait, what? And my brother doesn't even appreciate it. He's the one that got me into this shit. Sorry, yeah, I could drop the name of the song. I love the band called Barnum. I want to say Mad Hatter's name of the album. Yeah, as Ed and I record this, we are sitting in his garage. Uh, this is a place I have spent many, 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 many a days. Uh, 
back when I was in my late teens, early twenties, I would often knock on Ed's window at two o'clock in the morning, and uh, we pretty much have conversations like this. And obviously, if you listen to my any of my other podcasts, you know I like wrestling, obviously, but. Um, it's just the name of the single of the week for you. Maybe. Could be. Um, but yeah, I remember. Uh, special, oh, their final album was still Man Okay. Finally, they have more. Yeah, I mean, obviously, he's plays like. I think he's the only original replacement for Foreigner now, but yeah, every time Foreigner comes to Milwaukee. So if you see Foreigner coming to Milwaukee, I'll hit up my sister-in-law and say, hey. Oh, Chuck Tilson was in Dockett. Yeah. Funny. Is he still in Dockett? I don't know if Dockett's still alive, but his main gig's Foreigner now. You got Foreigner? Yeah, because it was Foreigner. It was Jeff Pilsen because Jason Bonham was playing drums for Foreigner last time. I mean, for years. So this is the member of Foreigner. I don't really need the member of Dockett anymore. I mean, it's Dockett still. I mean. Yes. Doors Lynch. Is still playing? Yeah. Oh, shit. Because yeah. he had a rough goal for a while there. I didn't know, so I guess that was a while ago, but it doesn't seem like that was done. Speaking of Every Mother's Nightmare, I didn't get Every Mother's Nightmare in my Track 8 here, we're on uh, Rockabye Baby. Michael Shanks. Yolf. Oh, George Lynch. Oh, yeah. God, Lynch Mob was fucking huge for a little while. Kind of like kind of like with Roxy Blue. Like, they were those Headbangers Ball pits. They were ball. I'd get off topic too far, but they were right up for a salty dog. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking old, man. Nice. This is definitely a little, yeah, definitely a little. Uh, I'll have to bust that tape out again, man. I've got some fucking jam. This shit I taped off the radio. Warner. Are you a foreigner guy? Tupac Hero's a jam. Tupac Hero's a jam. I love the Sammy's rock. Of that style. I like Boston. Some 38 special. I'm a Larry Skinner guy, so 38 special is like. Yeah, but I remember that uh, that baseline opening to Jukebox Hero. Back when my brother was still cool uh, for a couple of weeks. Uh, have you even met my brother? Every dog has its face. It's a salty dog. Okay. I remember that was. But I remember my, my dad first. 
my dad first moved out and I was my come visit my dad, my brother was living there. Dad learned my the neighbor downstairs neighbors are assholes. So my brother would fucking put the speakers on the floor and start two fox hero with that bass line. Yeah, he fell out of music quick. Like, he gave me all of his tapes, and that's why growing up, I was a Led Zeppelin Van Halen kid, because I had all my brother's tapes, so. So, growing up, I did not have to own a Led Zeppelin home. The rock stations in the area played their fingers lift up the phone. You were guaranteed at least two Led Zeppelin songs an hour. Yes. That's not an exaggeration. That's a, that's a shoot, folks. It's unfortunate, but they kind of ruined that for me. And I don't think they'll have to smell less of them again. But there are some great metal songs. Cashmere. Cashmere's a fucking jam. That was the one that really hit me. To me, it's the the roller. Oh, really? That's up on the roller. Okay. But then as you grow up and you like you kinda of dig into the, the music the music history like the Rolling Stones or just a bunch of fucking ripoff artists. Or some Elvis. Yeah, just ripping off old blues, you know. Well that's the thing, back in the day, Elvis Chinese Catch were considered rock and roll. No. Not Elvis, but Chinese Catch is all yeah. country. We only go all country, but that was rock and roll I don't know where that changed. Yeah. Well, shout out to my better half. Uh, she actually got me a really cool Johnny Cash book, Cash on Cash. It's a bunch of like his old interviews and stuff like that. So that's my next book I'm reading. So, yeah, things are starting to get a little. This point of the album are getting a little back, back to rock. <laughs> it's okay, but I mean, you know. I would not turn it off yet. Yeah. That Rod the Cradle song was by far my favorite so far. Yes. This is track nine. What do we got? That was the track nine. This is track nine right now. Oh, love on me. All right, so we yeah, missed three tracks left. Yeah, uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, we missed Rockabye Baby. So yeah, love on me. That's a little ballady ish, you know. Oh, totally. But now we're going to track number ten. Nobody knows. Hopefully, to me, a great album is cover to cover. If you can listen to it. Well, back when you did that. You know, like, I mean, once again, not to be the old guys get off my lawn, but yeah, when we were kids, I mean, we had to listen to it back, you know, it if wasn't good. It wasn't good album. Yeah. Because we're listening on tape, you know, it wasn't as easy to skip songs, you know. I still have my tapes. I should bring back tape of the week. When Sony came out with a fast forward to the end of a song under tape recorders. the yeah, my seat. My, my, People don't know how good they got it nowadays. Yeah, but then again, do they though? Because they miss. I mean, there's so many fucking hidden tracks. Yes, by good, okay. easy, easy, exactly accessible. But yeah, you miss so many. Like the the track that always resonates with me. That's like a hidden gem that nobody knows. I'm a Motley Crue guy. Motley Crue is my first, like first. Well, Poison, my first. Well. Queen's my first favorite band. And then, like, Molly Crew's, like, when I went to, like, full fandom, like, fuck the world, along with the crew. But, dude, there's a track on uh, Theater of Pain. Uh, Tonight We Need a Lover. Fucking jam. But nobody would say it's, you know, it's a hidden gem. Right. And you wouldn't hear it on Spotify, you know, the whole kid, Kabul. That's a fucking jam. And you will hear it on Sirius. Yeah. On Tim Thorne's shows. Yeah. 
Yeah, listen, you're talking cover to cover. You got like an album like Show the Devil, Bolly Crew, fuck, and probably top five like cover to you know, you know, begin to end CDs. So when I got to Molly Crew, Doctor Feelgood was great. Yeah, that was that was the gold standard. But I'm changing. I'm I'm odd, and I don't. Jim, Jim, <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Andy. <laughs> I listen. I like out two tracks, yeah. and to me, Too Fast for Love is still my favorite song. Really? Metallica Killer Wall is my favorite Metallica album. See, for me, it's Shout Out the Devil. Well, it's funny, and you see it. Uh, well, no, in Metallica, you ride the lightning. I'm a ride the lightning guy. Okay. Fucking cover to cover. I mean, top. I would say Shout Out the Devil. The first ride the lightning are cover to cover. But I will if I were to if I had to listen to one album before I died. Yeah. See, I would. I mean, I would go. Um, yeah, Shout the Devil, Ride the Lightning, and almost all of Among the Living by Answer. Actually, like the three albums where I go cover are the the definition. The biggest, the gold standard. But I like versus time. So you're going the other way. <laughs> so you should like the early stuff. Um. I mean, you can't. Yeah. See, they're saying on here, like, <sighs> yeah. The old beast. It's a heavy book, too, by the way. Oh, my God. I think that's where it came from. No, that's, I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, I mean. Um, well, actually, real quick, and I'd be remiss to say, so this came out in 1992, and if you look at the fucking albums that came out in 1992... Obviously, for us, there's a triumvirate. So, so I mean, I, I'm a preferable, you know, I like my hardcore, obviously, you know. So, it's sick of it all, just look around. One voice by Agnostic Front and Urban Discipline. But also, and Terra Valgar Display of Power, fucking Ministry Psalm 69. Uh, no, it's 92. Yeah. Um, 92 might be one of the best years for music ever. Because uh, actually, technically, Nevermind came out in oh, '91. Oh, last year's too. It all came out after '92. Yeah, metal one, metal one to shit for a little while. Yes. So Metallica had fucking Black Album, and all the record companies wanted every band to be like the Black Album. So everybody knew the Black Album version, and it sounded like crap. Have you revisited the Black Album? There's some fucking jams on there. Don't try on me is the best slash albums. Yeah. But it's tough to, I mean, the old, old Wolf of Man and Through the Never. Yeah. Yeah, the backside of that fucking seat. Ooh. So, number 11. Love's got a hole on me. All right. Now we're kind of kicking it back up a notch. Dude, the guy that failed. That fucking track is fucking heavy. And actually, Enter Sandman. It's not a bad track if you didn't hear it every it's day. Great. Yeah. It's not a great Metallica album. If it was not Metallica, then it was Blue Blah. It would be a great fucking album. <laughs> That's our next band, Blue Blue Blah. Blue Blah. That's our next album. Band slash album. Love's got a hold on me, so. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I mean, yeah, listen, Black Album came with 91, Blood, Sugar, Sex, I mean. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying important. I mean, there's only one good thing to write that actually better song. Foot ends. Yeah. I don't mind the red hot chili peppers, but 
After 1991, at least. I went to college for a little while. I was in Metallica when you guys saw him in 18. I was in Metallica when you guys saw him in Fiserv. That's as they should be. There's still one talent Um there's only three songs they just include them. But I mean until Black Hills came out, what what they had to play for? We are going way off topic. Oh yeah. What but... they had to play for? They put justice on they couldn't do anything better than justice. And they knew that. That's why they put the black on the market. Mattel did not do better than Justice. You like Justice Roth? Oh, yeah, I like that. Really? The production sucked. Justice Roth is a fucking jam. Cover to cover. We have to revisit Justice Roth. Shredding. Yeah. That will be throwing music at the podcast. Public color. Wow, really? I it's jam. I remember listening to that with fucking Nate Fry and Dan Erdman. And and it's That's yes. But all the new they could not do better than Justice. So they, they. I'm not gonna say they said it, but yeah, they had to change something. This song's not bad, by the way. But get back to Roxy Blue. <laughs> Getting back on topic. But not really. I mean, this is, I mean, I mean, for people younger than us, I feel sorry. I mean, because, yeah, that early 90s, there was a crazy shift in a lot of, I mean, well, shit, fucking Redman's fucking what album came out in 92. You know, the big, you know, the time for some action. Um, 92 was a fucking banging year across all genres. Um, I don't remember what Madonna album came out, but they don't stuff. I mean, you don't have to share it, but I mean, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm technically supposed to drive home, but it's good thing I've got my better drive home. Thank you, Central Waters. Yeah. Thanks, sir. Oh, yeah, we didn't even cheers. All right, and last song. From Roxy Blues, 1992. Interesting classic. Soon to be cult classic. Impressive classic. If you like. Main attraction. Last song. Um, yeah, maybe this podcast. Because, I mean, I didn't couldn't find any podcasts about this or anything. So, yeah, I mean, I've stared at this tape for years. The wall of Roxy Blues. It was, uh, yeah, well, I, I want to say Columbia. I got this from Columbia, for sure. So it was like an add-on, like they just gave it to me, or and one of those things I knew about but never researched. Yeah. It just so random that we we talked about it, then like a week later, they trunks like, oh yeah, by the way, Tom and Ed, you're right. Yeah. Um. I like this song. Let's go with Ed. Dude, this this is right up there. Yeah. Yeah, Todd, the lead singer is great. But obviously, I mean, like, I mean, the reviews, the guitar players, it was definitely. I think that blew my mind. Let's sell it. Yeah. I don't know, man. That, that Rob the Cradle song is a good jam. I wouldn't, say blew my, I wouldn't say blew my mind, but definitely the highlight so far. Those things I need to listen to in my main game. 
Oh yeah, the dentist is the on the highlight. Yeah, like yeah, Sid, the guitar, Sid's the guitar player, and I was. This this will get more plays. Yeah. So Sid was the guy that got replaced by the guy from Ever Mother's Nightmares. I said, "Oh shit, huh? Oh." Definitely a uh, skid roll. Yeah. It's not a bad one. No, I'm a I mean, let's first do skid roll. Well, even, that, even that cover album. Oh, B-Sides. Yeah. B-Sides, B-sides ourselves? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they've gone on without Sebastian, I think, right? I don't know if you can. But popular, I don't know. No. I mean, Sebastian's gone. Let's get roll, but. Wait, he's gone out loud. Wait. Oh. Sebastian's doing, like, um, credit stuff. Like, oh, like, yeah. I, don't know. I mean, the dude's got a fucking. Why is that Yeah. He's not the guy from fucking Steelheart, but. Who is? What those guys ever do? Shout out to Phil Newbar, who has the pipes like Steelheart. Peace, brother. Oh, dude. Yeah, you're insane. Really? Oh, dude, he can do like. Uh, I'm what's, def- going, what's going on? What's going on? Oh, we're no shit. He can do the female vocals. Really? Is that good? He can do the vocals of that song. But this I'm definitely getting some more Uncle Tom's Cabin vibes here. I shot the genie lane. Can you believe he's dead? I had people die, I guess. But. Yeah. Yeah, not bad. You guys make it sound simple. Try playing it. That's all I can say. Well, yeah, Ed's a musician, so I mean, Ed, Ed fucking knows. I mean, I, I slapped the bass a little bit, but something I need to get back into doing. Pizza brother, huh? Well, pizza pretty pizza drummer, right? He is a musician. Does it all? Rhythm and drum. Uh, he caught out on anything? Oh, he's back. Oh, he's back. Okay. He left for a little while, didn't he? He's just Wyoming. Wyoming. I'm not playing. Wyoming's beautiful, so. Yeah, you know, it took me 30 years to listen to this, but not bad. Impressed. Overall, impressed. I will listen to this again. Yeah. What I say doesn't mean shit to me. Well, I mean, it, yeah. The high fibers. High fibers here is right. <laughs> Pretty 
not bad, you know? I... Yeah, I mean, uh... I was given a high five. Well, it's funny how that works. Oh, that was horrible, but yeah. Yeah. Do that again. All right, well, I got to stand up. America. There. Look at the elbow. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. That was, you know, a pleasant surprise. We have Ronaldo Wilson. Yeah. We have Roxy Blues wants them. Put on, yeah, Geffen Records. I mean, it's hard to explain to kids that weren't there. You know, like, I mean, record companies. I mean, growing up, I hated it. But in hindsight, I like it. Yeah. Because 92 was Pantera. It was. Well, Urban Discipline. Yeah, Slayer came out in 94. Well, 92 would have been... Testament came out with The Ritual. Well, Sound of White Noise, which for me was a big album for Anthony. Unfortunately, it was the Black Album. Well, Black Album was 91. I just want to know. Um... Yeah, I mean, I mean, in all genres, '92 is a big fucking year. Not my genre at the at the age, but now appreciate. Yeah, I mean, vulgar display of power. Would you say back to front to back? That's a great album. I would listen to it front to back. I wouldn't turn it off at any point. The last song was a banger. What was the last song for? Oh, no, I was talking about Vulgar Explained Yeah. It's kind of mean seven. It was uh, cover to cover, but now I can pick three or four songs off of it. Let's search for Signs are bangers. And you missed them in 94, didn't you? With Crowbar? I thought the only time I seen them live was Ozfest 97. <laughs> That's too bad. We were busy watching Vision Disorder, but... And at that time, I didn't care because... The fans ruined Pantera, born Pan- Pantera ruined Pantera, which if you weren't of the era, you wouldn't know. Yeah, it's like the the Filvervilles, and and no offense, well, no, I, I Paul Scorbier. <laughs> Rest in peace, Paul Scorbier. Even though I wasn't a big fan, but um, this okay, we'll get back on track here. Sorry, um, definitely the Central Waters scared us a little bit, but yeah, I mean, yeah, a lot of fun. You know, it was at nineteen ninety two. They were just like, I mean, like everyone says, they were a victim of the change in, you know, I mean, Ge- Geffen Records back in the day was fucking huge. Yeah. So the fact that they were on Geffen, so. This album. Yeah. This and, album would have been, or this album would have been on radio if it was a friend. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, you know, the ballad was okay. Um, time here. Um, I don't know, but I mean, I'm a ballad guy. I mean, I like my ballads. I really do. They had um, to be the record companies. Well, yeah, but I mean, the band wanted to or not, they had to. You know, I mean, you give me a fucking, you know, well, I'm seeing a faster pussycat, dude. I mean, by far, my favorite house of my favorite house of pain. Yeah, yeah. by by far, I mean, it's one of my favorite songs of all time. Well, shit, even I mean, Testament or Turn to Serenity. I mean, I know it's not a power ballad, but I mean, you know, as far as Tarantulas is a ballad. Well, yeah, by far, but I mean, but I mean, Kicks don't close your eyes. You know, that was, I mean, that was a song to me. I mean, I was definitely, that time was definitely angry at life. And I was like, fuck girls and love is stupid and fuck this and fuck that. I mean, it was, you know, yeah. Um, You know, and obviously, well, Home of Sweet Home, you know, but I mean, even like they're not popular. I mean, with our, uh, well, Time for Change by Molly. I mean, Molly Cruz got some really fucking below the fucking radar 
jam. Like Time for Change is, I'd say, maybe a ballad, maybe not. I don't know. Um, Without You, though. Mm. Without um, You was definitely a ballad. Well, it's definitely a ballad, but it's like... Yeah. But that was definitely the formula. You had your you had your cover, you had your ballad, and you had some bangers, you know, um, your radio hit. And you had a ballad. Yeah. I mean, this is definitely... Those guys, the ballads, there was some great music. Um, Cinderella. Oh, Cinderella's big. I mean, I know Cinderella. We talked about this earlier. So, yeah, I say shout out to Steve Washburn, but no. I'm not sure you'll see Washburn, but no. I would mention that. Oh, whatever. So it's maybe no, I'm not gonna edit it, but uh, he was a big seat. Like, I, yeah, I was just like, well, because he lived on the street from my babysitter, so we were down there a lot. Uh, but yeah, he was always cranking. Yeah, so you know, he had his fucking white snake jacket. Um, oh, now you're gone by white snake, fucking jam. White snake has so many, so much stuff out that people won't know. White snake started in 79. Oh, shut the fuck up, really. Yeah. Well, I suppose I mean by yeah, I mean it's purple. Be podcast. Yeah, uh, David Coverdale used to be in New Purple. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. What? As a lead vocalist? Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's fake news. Really? Yeah. How long? After Ian Gillum? Gillum left. He was gone for an album. Yeah. David Coverdale sang an album with Deep Purple. Where'd she go on? No shit. Mm-hmm. Any good? Yeah, not bad. It, it's not classic deep purple. Yeah, that that fucking David Coverdale fucking Jimmy Page shit was not a fan. I wasn't doing it too much. I got I got burned out on it. Wow, oh, isn't deep purple, huh? Mm-hmm. And then after that, that's when seventy nine was the first seventy eight seventy nine was the first white snake album. Yeah, because everyone knows fucking... Uh, they didn't make it big, big until 85. 86, 87, yeah. But they went there, I mean, here we go again, I mean... Mm. I mean, you want to talk... <sighs> In a Bubble, it's a great fucking song, but obviously because when it came out, we heard it. And then it, you know... Well, speaking of strip, stripper music, obviously, here we go again. I mean, you know, great story. <laughs> so, you remember when uh, Tawny Katane, so she was David Coverdale's girlfriend or wife at the time, but she's the girl She's the girl in the video yeah. for Here We Go Again, and then she beat up her boyfriend, who's a pitcher for the White Sox. I do not remember that. Oh, dude, so, so she beat up her boyfriend, and then they were playing in Cleveland, so this guy came out to pitch, and the guy from Cleveland played Here We Go Again. <laughs> nice. It got fired instantly, but dude, what? yeah, I mean... I would fire that guy with a severance package for. I mean, yeah. you you were t- you go have fun for ten years and come. You know, um, way off topic, but you know, uh, yeah. Not, I mean, obviously the the. I'm just gonna say it for for whatever. I mean, the glamour, you know, was was ending. You know, but I mean, ninety two was a good year, man. So I mean, we we we're very fortunate. I mean, I'm sure you know. People probably, well, some people probably say that they grew up in, in the best era, but I don't know, man. We really did. And listen, for your metal, you know, I wasn't much into metal by then. I mean, I'm saying I got into it later. It was getting to be a dead spot in metal. That's actually where hip hop started taking off. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I mean, NWA, I mean, well. And, yeah. NWA, LL Cool J, Wu Tang Clan. 
Uh, well, shit, remember the first time we saw the Wu-Tang Clan? was on Yo! MTV Raps, just before Headbangers Ball. Right before Headbangers. I was sitting in your fucking living room. It's like Yeah. <laughs> As 15-year-olds. Oh, <laughs> uh, but and, we just, and they just came on Yo! MTV Raps, and we're like, who the fuck are these guys? Wu-Tang Clan. These yeah. fucking blew up. Yeah, and then it was, yeah. Um, the album was great. The second album, whatever. Spot. They they had some jam. Like they had spot champs here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We were we were very fortunate to grow up in the air. We did. And Roxy Blue just. I'm sorry I didn't come out here earlier. Unfortunately. But maybe you get a resurgence. You know, maybe they, you help. You know. They were. Roxy Blue. I would put up there with. Great. Yeah. That's so great. Um. Unfortunately, it's the one album. Yeah, I mean, it looks like they put out album since, but I mean, you know, at, at times, formal, uh, formal like, but for that's since the 2000s, so yeah, 97. Yeah, from what I see, but I mean, I mean, shit, dude, I mean, they, you know, it's their first album. Go down, give it, give it a listen, and uh, oh, great production, too. We didn't actually mention that it sounded really fucking mm-hmm. good. Obviously, we're listening on CD, but I mean, you know. God, the fucking early 90s, late 80s. Kids are missing out, so. I would have hated it in the day, but appreciate it all. Yeah. Yeah, if you check it. So, personally, this is Rob the Cradle. It's definitely going to be on my iPod here in the next couple of weeks, so. Um, well, cool. Yeah, Ed, I mean, I have a feeling this probably is not the last time we do this. Um, you know, I appreciate you coming out. Every information I got. <laughs> Well, it's kind of funny, yeah, because we really bonded. I mean, what maybe 10, 12 years ago again? Well, I mean, obviously we've been friends the entire time, but I mean, you're like, oh shit, you listen. I'm like, oh wait, you listen to this? It's like, this is all right. Like, wait. Well, now with like, like satellite, yeah. Well, like, well, like satellite, you know, you know, Hair Nation on satellite, you know, satellite radio has been huge, you know, for shit like this. So it was cool at the time, but I like more of the deeper tracks and deeper bands. Yeah. There's a lot of, I mean, a lot of good bands. I mean, you know, this is definitely one of them that, that got lost in the shuffle. So maybe Roxy Blue, maybe we got to take a field trip to Nashville. I mean, I go, I go see fucking Roxy Blue. Yeah, I know those Yeah, yeah. So, well, sweet. Well, uh, Ed, before we pull into this train to the preferred station, and I got to take a leak and we eat some chicken here. Uh, anything you want to leave the, the high fivers here? Uh, Roxy Blue, A plus. Want some? Yeah, definitely. Give it, a, give it a listen. Make sure you buy the copy with the awesome cover, not the redo, because they had another one with another cover on it. If you don't like it, blame Tom. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I can give you some more terrible hair music you can listen to. <laughs> that's going to be for a later, later podcast. Yeah, uh, this really, yeah, I will get the links on there, but yeah, everyone check this out. But uh, uh, thank you, Ed. Obviously, you know, this is a long time coming. We probably should have done this years ago, but. Uh, you know, for first time, you know, on here, this is awesome. Uh, you know, for, we just listen to this album. Been, I've literally had this tape that I'm holding in my hand, Ed, for 30 fucking years. And I don't of the band. First time listening to it in 30 years. Yeah. So, all right. Well, high fivers. We'll talk to everybody later, but talk to everybody. Oh, we'll go high fives. High five. America. Uh, America.